This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Ann Tucker, author, spiritual healer, and trance channeler for angelic wisdom. She's supporting awakening souls on their journey so they can take advantage of this time of rapid growth and ascension. Anne, thank you for being my guest today and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. So how did you go from working at the top of the corporate world to channeling and spiritual healing? (laughs) It is such a good question because it's kind of a one-way ticket. Once you come out as a trance channel for angels, then it's really hard to get back into the boardroom. (laughs) So uh, I, it was a process of my own awakening was knocking at the door and I started having all these very intense psychic experiences that I could not deny. Um, Amazing things were happening where I would suddenly pop into other people's bodies and be looking out of their eyes and stuff that I couldn't, I, that was, that was verifiable. Um, crazy experiences. And, and the more these happened, the more I just felt this internal overwhelming desire to, to move further and to know as much as I could to explore as much as I could to go deeper. And I, I couldn't resist. And so it was, like I said, it was an all or nothing. And I felt, and, and I was also tracking my dreams at the time. And my dreams were telling me very clearly, like, this is your path. You're meant to be a healer. You're meant to be doing this. And so I just took the plunge. I just kind of jumped with both feet and I started and I actually asked myself the question, like as if I was my own executive coach. And I said, okay, well, if, if I was going to do this fully, what, how would I plan a year for myself? If I was going to totally engage in this, what would I do for myself? How would I go at it strategically? And so that's what I did. So I planned out a year and I, I went and I sought out all the help that I could get. I went to Peru and I went to Costa Rica and I went all over the place and I met with everybody that I, I could, where I thought I could grow. And I just, like I said, I jumped in and it's been a crazy ride ever since. They, the, the thing about channeling with the angels, is they never let you sit on your laurels. There's never a moment where they're like, oh, good, you're done. <laughs> it's always like, okay, how can you stretch more now? <laughs> can you tell us um, a little more about your psychic experiences that you had that started this? And also, was there some kind of event that happened to you that could have been a catalyst to start this all in motion in the first place? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like many of us, I was pretty much blown open. I would say during most of my life, I always knew I was somewhat psychic, but I didn't know how to access it. And I think my heart, I know my heart was very, very closed for the first many years of my life, first several decades of my life, my heart was very closed. And that was my childhood conditioning. We all have that, um, that we come in and, and, and many of us, um, attach or put ourselves into very, very traumatic situations when we're born, because that helps us to keep one foot in spirit. That if we're born into a really crummy environment, (laughs) not that mine was really crummy, but I had my share of difficulties. And so when we're born, we come in, we think, oh, this is kind of hard here. I want to go back. So we keep a foot back in the spirit world and it helps us stay connected to our gifts. And those experiences that I had coming in made me very closed. And so it was through uh, through that process of feeling separate from everybody and feeling never quite being able to, to connect, connect to my emotions. I went through a really difficult divorce um, and that kind of blew me open and it, it brought up all kinds of stuff I had to heal. It was a very karmic relationship. And that was really the thing that I needed to open my heart before anything else could begin. So that was the start. And then, and I had before that, I had a dream that was a forecast. It was an exact experience of my future. And this was when I was in my first marriage. And I, in the dream, I was in a park I'd never been to before walking up a hill. And I had my partner on the right, who was not my actual partner. His face was fuzzed out, but I knew I was, it was not my, my husband, two kids who were not my children, but I knew they were my kids because I was chasing them up a hill to try to help them not get hurt on the playground. And then there was this woman on my right, sitting at a picnic table with a bike leaned against the table, eating a sandwich, dark curly hair. 
And I woke up from this dream really freaked out because in my mind, I was married for life and thinking like, okay, it just really struck me. I told like five people about this dream. So five years later, I'm unexpectedly very divorced. I'm dating someone else. He says, oh, I found this great new park. And we go there with his two kids. They're running up the hill. He's on my left. And there's the woman sitting at the park bench with the sandwich and the hair. It was a, an exact, it wasn't like an approximation. It was a, it was like, I was walking through the video of my dream. And, um, but then things just started cracking open and like where really where I started experiencing my healing modality without understanding what it was, I'd gone to this festival in Costa Rica and I was coming back on, uh, I was, I was home and I was thinking about a friend I had met there and all of a sudden I popped into her body and I was looking out through her eyes and I could see she was on an airplane. I could see that I could see the movie she was watching on the screen. I could see the actor. I could see as she looked this way, I could see she was looking at this woman's shoes. And I, of course I freaked out. I was, you know, like, what was that? I immediately text her like, where are you? And what are you doing? And are you on an airplane? And two hours later, she confirms everything I saw, including the actor and the movie and everything. So then I started practicing that I would make appointments because it felt very invasive. I made appointments with, with in the next day, I had a friend who I knew it was going to be at a conference. And I said, hey, can I do this? Can I try to visit you tomorrow at 11? So I tried. And sure enough, I was there, but I couldn't see out of her eyes. I could just feel her body. I could feel that uh, that there was something on her, like, on, it felt like there was material, extra fabric on her legs. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I, I talked to her afterwards. I said, I don't think it worked. I couldn't see anything. And she says, well, at 11, we were meditating and I was blindfolded, but I was cold. So I had my scarf on my lap. Wow. Right. So, so, and it turns out that that, as I learned, it's, you know, you get revealed one little bit at a time as time went on, I, I came to understand that my modality was to step into another person's body and then the angels could step in through me and they could heal from inside the person's body. So I didn't realize what was happening, but that's that's how it showed itself to me. On the second time, you made a willful intention to do that. Did you yeah. meditate to do that or just focus your mind on what they were doing or what? Um, it's I don't even have to go. I can. Yeah, it, literally, I just think about it. So I I'm I don't do it now. I'm extremely careful about never going into anybody's energy without explicit permission. That first time it was just an accident. And ever since then, like now I know the feeling of it and I don't go there unless I have explicit permission. But yeah, I just think about it. And I kind of it's almost like the way you would think about if I said think about Italy. And then suddenly you would start having visions in your mind of the leading tower of pizza or whatever it's or pizza, but you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like that. I think about them and then I can go deeper and deeper and I can feel the clothing that they're wearing. I could, it's a very trippy thing, but it helps enormously with healing because I can feel when energy releases. So I can feel like when I see the, I can feel the density and then I, then the angels come in and I can feel when it releases. So it's hugely helpful. I'm glad you went there because I wanted to ask, what is it like channeling angels? And what I mean is, do you just hear them or do you see them or, or do you just get images from them like symbols or what? All of the above. It is when I first started, because so when I first started healing, it was, I was doing this sort of object imagery and moving into people's bodies and working with the energy that way. And then the, when, when I started first understanding that I was meant to be a trans channel, I didn't get it. It's, I, I was, I was trying, it would, what happened for like about a six month period is that every time I tried to meditate, I would sit down and meditate and I would feel this incredible pressure on my chest and on my forehead. And it was so intense. I couldn't breathe. It'd be, you know what I mean? Like it, and it was, it was literally, I thought I was so used to them coming in from my back. They would come in from the rear, but I thought maybe they were trying to come in this way. And I kept asking them like, just come in already. Why are you guys pushing on me so much. I couldn't understand, but it was a physical sensation. And it wasn't until after about six months that it finally dawned on me that they weren't trying to come down. They were trying to lift me up. And it was like the G forces of trying to raise my frequency high enough to where they could talk to me. And so once I got that, then I just opened up and allowed and I went up and then it was like, it started out with images uh, and seeing things and the way they, the way they started the conversation. Cause I'm a, I am a, a person who needs evidence. I, I'm a fairly logic-brained person, even though, yes, I'm a trans-channel angel, like all this, you know, woo-woo, but you guys know, like, you know, my background is in, I was, you know, in the corporate world. I have a very logical mind. 
So the way they started getting me open to this was by every time I would go into to these experiences with them, they would show me something. And then that day or the next day, I would be out in the world and I would see what they showed me. So they would be like, okay, I'm going to show you a piece of evidence. And then you'll know everything you saw after this was accurate. And so it would be things like, like one time I was, I was at this uh, intensive with a friend of mine up in Canada and we were channeling. And that morning I, I start out the session and I'm seeing uh, all of a sudden I'm at a ra- big round table with all of these guides and, and Jesus comes in and he's got a rolled up like, uh, like a, like an architectural drawing. And he says, I've got the plan. And I'm all excited. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I get to see the plan. And so he rolls this, this is all in my meditation. I'm seeing all this scene play out. He rolls this paper out on this play on this, on this table. And there's all these people headed around and I'm trying to see and look like, what's the plan? What's the plan? And I see it. It looks like a big risk board where there's, uh, you know, like the game risk with all the continents. Mm-hmm. And I see the map of the world and I see all of the um, uh, the oceans are blue and then all of the continents are pale yellow, but there's one red flower right in the middle of where France would be. And that's the whole thing. And so he shows this and then, and then he rolls it back up and leaves and everybody leaves the table. I'm like, wait, I didn't understand. Like, come back. Like, what's the plan? I don't get it. And then the see, and then the meditation went on from there. So that day I was in Canada for this. And my son had asked me to pick up this one very specific brand of cookies that he really wanted. And I'd been to like two stores and could not find it. And I'm driving down the road. I'm in the passenger seat. My friend is driving and I see a billboard on the side of the road. And it is the exact thing that I saw. It's literally a hand-painted huge billboard of that map with the pale yellow continents and the red flower. And I, I'm like, oh my gosh, there, because I had been talking as I was channeling. I've been telling her what I was seeing, my friend. So she knew this too. I'm like, there's the billboard. And we stop and directly across the street is a grocery store and painted in huge letters on the side of the building is home of the blah, blah, blah cookies. Mm. So, <laughs> so this was Jesus's plan to get my son cookies. <laughs> my definition of angel kind of comes from from the show ancient aliens and i think the guy said that angels basically means messenger so they're messengers from god yeah is that how you would define an angel or or do you have a different definition i love that question and i should i should say by the way just to add on to your last question about how i hear them i should add to that that um that that over time, my process changed. And now I go into trance and they give me specific words. So now I, I, they come in as actual like message. It's both visual images and feelings where I feel them come in and they'll, they'll show me things. But the part that, that is the most accessible to people is they speak to me in, in amazing poetic paragraphs. And it blows my mind every time. And they use words I would never know. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so beautiful. But so the way, so yes, absolutely. We know them as messengers. And they gave me a message about this one time, which was so enlightening is they said, we have the idea of a messenger as being like, you make a prayer, you ask for something. And then the angel takes it and brings it up to, to, you know, to source or however you want to say that. But what they said, the way the process actually works, they are messengers, but they said that everything is, everything is consciousness, everything is energy, that they, angels, are a per- pervasive energy that is everywhere at all times. And that when the way that they, that they convey our messages is by drawing consciousness or awareness to that message. So our awareness is infinitely powerful. So if we want a message to be heard, it's just a matter of drawing awareness cosmic awareness to that message so the way angels do that is so say you make a prayer they bring their awareness to that prayer or to that question that request or that question and by doing that it then communicates it to the cosmos and to source so it's it's their messengers but not by taking it somewhere it's by directing their conscious awareness to it does everyone have a guardian angel absolutely yes absolutely and it's much more our guardian angel is much more embedded in us than you would ever imagine. I think lots of us think of our guardian angel as being like a separate being that kind of floats around and is with us all the time. A lot of people know that, that they're with you all the time. But I think what people don't know is that they, it's almost like they're part of our anatomy and that in coming to earth, they are embedded in us. So our journey is their journey. 
And so that's part of the reason why the angels are so excited about our ascension is, is their ascension too, is they have lowered their frequency to a degree to be able to be here with us. That it's, it is as much as it is for us. We talk about being in the meat suit and how heavy it is and the veil dropping down and how hard that is for angels. They, it is hard for them here as well. And they, um, but, but yeah, so your guardian angel is, is really attached to you at a deep, deep level, never leaves you for an instant. And it's literally like they're almost like we think of our chakra system, our energy system as being part of the body. The guardian angel is too. They are part of your, almost like your physical apparatus. They are embedded in you. So you were talking about angels come down to our frequency to, to connect with us. Have they ever told you what it's like for them to experience our frequency? Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, so it is hard for them that like our, our heaviest emotions, when we are in the depths of despair, like when we are in our darkest moments, they are always, they're always near us. They can feel us, but they cannot communicate to us when we're in those that we can't hear them basically when we are in our darkest moments. Um, And so what they do is they, uh, they tend to, in those moments, the way that they will feel us or experiences us is through like a breath of hope. If you've ever been in a really, really dark place and then had for just an instant, the feeling that all of a sudden things lifted and it was almost like for a minute you were in a different frame of mind. That was the whisper of an angel coming in and just trying to lift your frequency just a second so you could perceive them and you could perceive hope and opportunity. And that's how they they try to lift us. Um, but yeah, but their experience of us is, is um, they see us as the expression of God or spirit or, or source, however you want to say it on earth, that they are God's light is how they say. And I use God because that's my term. So please use yours, but they are God's light, but we are the embodiment of God on this planet. So they are completely enchanted by us because we hold that frequency. So they see us as source. They see us as source energy. Um, so the experience of us is they are there. A lot of us think that when we interact with an angel, that it has to be, we have to be very reverent and we have to be very, and yes, they want to be respected absolutely and treated, but just like any other human would be. And they don't want us to be so formal with them that we put them on a pedestal because they are just as in admiration of us as we are of them. And they really do see us as, of, as an aspect of source of source light and they relate to us in that way and they want us they don't want us to have the formality because it puts a barrier anything you put on a pedestal you can never reach and they want us to be so closely in communication with them they want that trust to be there where we think of them as being part of our journey that we're a team right and that's more what they're hoping we will get to so in my opinion we are and I think you may be saying this but we are completely different entities than angels and do we even evolve into becoming angels or are we just completely different? They've said that we're becoming more like them over time. Like the, the process that we're going through right now is a process of lightening our frequency. And we are, and, and we are getting to a place where our physical bodies over time, like not now, but maybe in, in you know, several hundred years, our bodies will become more like our light bodies. There is a possibility that down the road, we could get to a place where we are, you hear about breatharians and people who don't need to eat and don't need, and and I think that is where our physical bodies will get to. We are not obviously there now, Um, but, but so in that way, we are evolving to be more like them, but yeah, they are different types of beings. And there are angels who embody on the planet that does happen, Um, but it's rare. It's not a common occurrence by any means. And so, yeah, human souls are different. We're tied to, human souls are tied to, it's like the genealogy of earth. It's like we're embedded on the the history. Our ancestry on the planet binds us here. And our evolution keeps on going because we're tied to earth. So it's, it's a very different experience to be an angel versus to be a human. Um, but at the same time, we are divine beings. We are divine spark. And so are they. So we all kind of come from the same source. So we're like, I guess, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Our cousins. Cousins, yeah, cousins, yeah. Are there different types of angels? Because we've spoke about, you know, guardian angels, and I've had guests on, and we've talked about archangels, and, and maybe there's, you know, lower level angels. Is there a classification of them? 
there are different types of angels. One of the interesting thing is, is that when I channel the angels, I will feel different angels come through for different things. And sometimes they identify themselves. Sometimes they will say specifically what they are and why they're there. And there are, they have defined that there are specific angels that are tied to earth that are, that are here as the guardians of what they call the earth school. And they, by to be that they are limited in what they can do. They have to follow the rules of earth. And so there's only so much they have to follow, what they have to abide by free will. They have to abide by all of the rules that we set up for ourselves to, to allow us to have the journey that we want to have. And those are the earth, earth school angels, the guardians of the earth planet. But there are lots of other angels that are not part of that. Many of whom I channel that are from off planet or from that are not part of the school. And, and they, like I said, they do sometimes identify themselves, but they have always been encouraging me as a, and, and it's always, and this is true for all of us that, that we are all here for a purpose, like including me, like my purpose is to be here and to be this channel, but the journey is also for me. The journey is also for you. Like, like our number one thing coming down is, is for us, for ourselves. And so part of my journey has been to release the need to know <laughs> the release, the need to know who am I talking to and to, to become less and less attached to identity, to be willing to be all things. And to, and so, and because of that, they don't usually tell me their names. Like when they first, the first time they came through, they gave me their name, but almost always they want me to think of them as a consciousness and as an energy. And so they will, they'll say what kind of angel they are, if it's important to the person I'm channeling for, or the group that I'm channeling for most often. And I can feel the differences for sure. Like, for example, when they first started the early on in my journey as a trans channel, they started coming through with some, with some messages that were more scary that were talking about the Ascension and some of the hard things that were going to happen. And before those came through the angels, I had been channeling, they gave me, they started giving me images and they showed me, they were introducing me to a new angel and they showed me the difference between them themselves and this other angel, but they showed me this was also an angel and it was okay to channel this angel. And then the next time I went in, that angel came through and started giving me all these messages that were pretty difficult. And so stuff like that will happen. But in general, my, my specific journey has been about learning to, to allow and to not need all the information and to just show up and be the channel and let go of my own identity and become more and more comfortable with the idea of becoming one with all things and to be just a consciousness. So they don't want me to need that of them. I want to go back to this because you had further followed up and said that you hear the angels and and it's like poetry and they use words that you don't normally use. Yeah. When you say you hearing them, are you hearing them like with from the outside of your ears or are you hearing them within your inner ear, like within your thoughts? And if so, do you hear them in your own voice or do you hear them in other voices, male and or female? Gosh, that's such a good question. It's not like they're in the room with me. So it's not like I'm hearing them through my human ears. I hear them in my head, but it's such a persistent, I would call it a booming voice in my head. (laughs) that and they will sometimes start talking just when I'm in conversation though if there's something that they want to add something to and the way I would describe it is like imagine that in your head there's this great big pipe up here and the words drop in and in the beginning I would go really really slow because I was really uncertain about what I was doing and they would drop words in and if I didn't say a word say they were sending words down if I didn't they come through like in packets like little groups so like, like four or five words at a time in the beginning, it'd be like three words at a time would come through a little packet. If I didn't say a word, it would be like the pipe got gets stuck and they just sit there and wait. And, and it's almost, it feels like it's almost pressing on me. And then finally I'll say it and then the flow will start again. So it's, it's a process of, and honestly, they have to learn to channel and so do I. So these days it flows and it just, it just happens. And I know when it's, it's not me, it feels like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very strange feeling. It's a, a very strong awareness. Like I said, it's a booming voice. It's a different presence than my own voice. And it feels it's coming from somewhere else. It's like, it's not in my own field. It's like slightly out here. Um, yeah, but it, so it's, it's a, it's a very distinctive sensation. 
And, um, and I, I'm aware when they're start, starting to speak and I, I but I, by typically, so sometimes they will creep in, like I said, in general conversation, but when I go to specifically channel, one of the things I do to make sure that that con that connection is really, really secure is I will raise my awareness up as high as I can go. And anybody can try that who wants to try to connect with the angels is, is if you just imagine yourself rising up and just feel rise your your awareness up as high as you can go almost and you can visualize yourself floating up into the clouds just go up and up and up until you'll feel it you'll get to a place where it's like your head feels like it's being constricted it feels as you're first trying to go into this frequency it feels like you're at the bottom of a swimming pool and like you your head goes into this pressure like there's like it's like 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 you feel at the bottom of of water and uh it's it's it can be it can be almost difficult to tolerate at first but that's that's when you know you're there. <laughs> when your head gets squeezed, you know you're there. <laughs> the very first time that you heard their their voice, how did you react? Did you think like, what is this voice? Am I going crazy or what? It was it was there was doubt. I had doubt. Like, is this really happening? Is this just me talking to myself? Like, what is why? And it took me a while to really discern the difference like they and that's why they did so much to give me things to prove to me and to because I needed to believe in it before I could become aware enough of the subtlety of the difference between my energy and theirs so these days it's clear as as clear as a bell when I hear and it's them in the beginning it was harder to make that discernment and so the messages they gave me they were they and that's part of the reason they would use words I don't understand or word say things that I I was like where did that come from say things that I would have no way of knowing and part of that was to say see this isn't you see like it in the beginning there was a lot of that that was like you know telling me yeah you can trust this and so over time as I got to the, to know it as I became more my my vibration has continue to rise as I continue to work on myself and work with them, then I, it's like I have more, my energy is more subtle. So now the difference is palpable. It's a very, very distinct feeling. And I feel, I feel it physically when they come in and they speak through me. Um, yeah. Do angels help people even when they're not asking for it? Oh, I love that. They do. They do. And actually, so if you want, I can share, they explained it. They can always say it so much better than I can. If you want, I can share with you how they describe that. Sure. Um, uh, you want to hear it? Yes. Um, okay. So, so they say, um, so they don't, they don't always hear what we're thinking. People sometimes think that, that angels can hear your thoughts, but the truth is, is that they are so careful to guard your free will that they, they can only hear it if you have that thought form. So thoughts are like a thing and you have to form the thought into something more concrete. Like you have to, you have to either say it out loud or you have to have it ready to say, you have to have formed it into words. Once it's formed into words, then they can hear it. But if it's just a, a loose thought form, it's too drifty. So, so it's really a good idea if you want to talk to the angels to say it out loud which is so nice that we all have to wear masks around because then you can just talk to yourself in the grocery store, which is what I do. <laughs> so, okay. So here's what they say about how they work with us. They say, um, you cannot comprehend that which we wish to share. You have not the ability to forecast accurately as we have done. Therefore, we offer our service as one who can stand above and watch what develops, how you may be resolved in this undertaking you employ, how you may find things to adjust or take care of, things you might wish to be different. Here, we can intercede your awareness with our percent, with our own provocation to adjust what happens for yourself. Yes, we intervene where appropriate. We are a two-dance step, yours in action and ours in retrieval, for we bring forth that which you con uh, contact and cement into being as reality. So they're saying, and there's a little bit more to this, but they're saying that that they are, they call it a two-dance step. So they are, are, we are doing things and they are bringing things towards us. So we are the ones in action, we're creating things as we move, but they are in the process of drawing towards us through our reality. What is it that we're going, what is going to come into our reality? So here they say, we perform the function of acting as your magnetic barrier. Indeed, we prevent some action from happening if it is not in your highest expression or on the path of your desired awakening. We take from you those instances or provocations that would derail your progress in such a way as is consistent with your free will. 
as expressed by your own choosing and dimension of self. By this, we mean that song you sing, that undercurrent of desire and formative belief that emanates from yourself in all moments. Therefore, we seek those opportunities in alignment with yourself and all that is happening within your physical sphere that will align you with your greatest outcome. So what I take from this, from what they're saying, is that we are moving through our life experience and we are emitting our song, which is our soul, our soul song. And that song if all of our beliefs, all of everything that makes us up, all of our experiences, we are emanating that into the world. And that is resonating with other types of things in the world and drawing them towards us. And so we may have inside of us the energy of, I need a disruption in my life. I need something to wake me up. And that that may be emitting out into the world, this need of something to wake me up. And that could draw in either a terrible car crash or it could draw in a wonderful new teacher and the angels are out there in the outfield with their, you know, their, and they are the magnetic barrier. They're saying, okay, look at all these things that, this, that she's drawing in, which one is going to be aligned with her greatest good. We're going to prevent the car crash and we're going to allow the teacher. So that's how they interrupt or that's how they work in our energy where they don't need our permission. So they do this as the guard, the earth guardians, basically guardians of the earth. This is part of the role that they play is they help to discern which things that we're going to let through. for us to experience. And that doesn't mean we won't ever have a car crash in our life. It means that if we have a car crash, then there's something about it that's for our highest and best good. I believe a lot of people pray and feel like their prayers aren't answered as well as people are trying to reach their guardian angels, but don't feel like they're able to connect. Yeah. Do you know why that is? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot of things to that. The one thing is that why don't we always get our prayers answered is sometimes we are, our sometimes our prayers are answered in ways we don't understand that we may be asking for something that is not in alignment with what our soul plan is for ourselves. And that happens a lot is that, that there are many of us who came to the earth with a very difficult journey and And the reason for that is if you are here and you're having a heck of a time, if you feel like everything is against you, it means that you're a very, very brave and courageous soul. And you came with the purpose of of growing as much as you possibly could. And it means that you are letting those experiences in so that they can challenge you. And it's a process of learning. But so if we are in that process and we're asking to be delivered from those very circumstances that we work so hard to create for ourselves, that would not be of service. So a better request is to say, help me to learn what I'm supposed to learn from this experience. Help me to be open, help to open my awareness so I can let in how I am creating this for myself. Like, what is it in me that I need to understand so that I can move on from this terrible pattern that I'm experiencing? That's a much better request. And then, and then be open. And as much as it is, it is so hard when, and I've been there, I've, I was asleep. I was I was so closed in my heart and I didn't understand my role in that. I didn't understand the reason I felt lonely was because my heart was closed. I thought it was oh I'm just not connecting with people who are who are loving, right? It wasn't that. It was me. It was me that I couldn't feel. And so we have to get out of that perception. We have to start seeing where is it in us? And to always bring it back to that and to learn that every single experience we have so so is, is for that, is for us, is really for our own benefit. So when we're asking the angels for, for help, understand the point of your journey, right? The point of the journey is to grow as a soul and to, to, to clear out all the ways in which we doubt ourselves and limit ourselves and see ourselves as smaller than we really are. And that shows up in every experience that you have, every time you're triggered, every time you're out in the world and something annoys you or bugs you, it's because that's resonating with something you believe about yourself, right? If someone is rude to you, it, it's triggering you, showing you that there's some part of you that believes that you shouldn't be honored, right? There's something about you that believes that people are going to show up that way for you because there's something wrong with you, right? There's some belief you have that something is wrong with you. And so the prayer there would be, show me, show me what I believe about myself, help heal me, just ask them for healing for that very thing. Feel the feeling that's coming up, feel that rage or that anger or that frustration, feel it, be present to it, and then ask the angels for healing and just let them come in. What about people who want to connect with their guardian angels, but feel like they're not able to do so? Yeah. And it is the, it is a truth that even if you can't feel them, they are there 
always. And you'll know in the little, like, like if they can't speak to you right now, for whatever reason, it, it could be because, like I said, that you're in the, the throes of something really, really difficult. And it's very hard for us to feel them when we're deep in the earth energies and the emotions that we feel when we're here. And we're meant to feel those things. So it can be hard sometimes to feel them, but they will show you. Sometimes they show up as you know, finding a penny on the ground or the feather. And they did that with me when I was early on. I remember I was in a, I was at a, uh, um, in a hotel and I had been feeling really down. I was having, I was arguing with my partner and I asked for a sign from the angels and I came out of my hotel room and right there on the mat in the hallway to my door, my inside, in my hotel room, there was a white feather right there. Like, how did it get there? I have no idea, but there it was. But so they can speak to you through serendipity, through you receiving easy things. Like that is something. Play around with that. If you want to feel the angel's presence in your life, ask for help with something that you don't care that much about. Because if you don't care that much about it, you're not in resistance to it. So that's why people always talk about getting great parking spaces, because no one feels they are unworthy of a good parking space. If you feel you're unworthy of it, they're going to have a hard time bringing it to you because they can't go against your free will. But ask for something you don't care that much about. Say, I would love to have a great table at this restaurant and then see what happens and let them help you. And then use those little moments, those serendipitous moments as confirmation that they care, right? And people often, the other thing, angels show up as other people, that when you ask for help and then that person just happens to call you right then and offer help, how often are we blind to that? Someone calls for help and you're like, oh, no, no, I don't need help, even though you really do, right? And understand that person, an angel is working through that person and they want to help. But that's often if you can't hear them yet or if, if there's something going on in your life that's making it hard to hear, they will use anything. They will use a dog. They will use your neighbor, anybody to try to help you. Do you believe that we basically create almost all of our own personal reality and if so, have the angels said anything about that? Absolutely. We create our own reality. Like we are within a context. So we have to be within this context that's here that we all share. But but what we create, we create on multiple levels. So we create with our perception. We create based on, if you think about this, that you could have, you and I could be in a room and have the, and be seeing the exact same things. But based on our day, you could have woken up and been feeling amazing today. Like you started the day and your kids came in and they were sweet and wonderful and your day started beautifully and you had your favorite breakfast and then you walk into the room and it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing and you see all these friendly, happy people and that's your perception. And what if I woke up and I was having a terrible morning and like I, I you know, I got interrupted by sleep, I interrupted by the lawnmower or whatever, and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I walk into that same room and what I see is people who are angry. And I see, and, the, and maybe in that room, both exist. There could be the nice people and the angry people, but who do you see? Who matches your perception? So we, we alter it with our perception. That's the first level is we, we change our experience or we, we experience the world differently based on the filter of what we expect to see. And that, by the way, is one of the hugest messages I've been getting from the angels over and over and over again as we move into this ascension is we have to learn to release our expectations about what we see. And this is, and I just, this is a tangent, but this is so important. I feel like I want to share it is that, is that as we are moving into the ascension, we are locked into our expectations of what we think the world is going to be. And if we have no understanding of what's coming, then our expectations limit us and prevent us from seeing what's actually there. So they keep telling us, they want us to get into a space of allowing and release where we release what's been. But so that is one way that we're creating our reality. And there's, there's, we are also creating our reality through this sort of magnet, magnetic force of what we are through the song, the soul song I was speaking about mm -hmm. that we, we resonate at a very specific frequency. And that frequency contains all that we are, all of our experiences, all of our thoughts and beliefs. And we are singing that out into the world. And that matches frequency with other things, other people, other objects, other experiences and draw them toward us. And then the third level of creation is where we are deliberately creating something that does not yet exist on the earth plane. And that is a whole nother level of creation. And that is a, it is a process to say, you want to create a business. You want to create a piece of art. You want to create, you are using a different process than that sort of magnetic law of attraction or perception. It's a third level of creation. And it's something that we are here, I think, to experience is this is on earth is one of the few places we can experience 
our own creative ability and become aware of it. When we are in the spirit world, when we want to create, you snap your fingers and it's there. It's instant manifestation. Here, it is drawn out. Maybe it takes eight weeks to create something. Maybe it takes two years to create something. So we become much more aware of the creative process and our own role in it. So that is part of what we have the ability to experience. And I think as we move through our ascension and move beyond the karmic path, I think that is going to be the real reason to be here is going to be to learn to experience ourselves as creators on this plane where things are drawn out, where we can actually really feel each and every stage. All right. You've had two instances where you were shown the future before it happened. Like when you saw the painting on the wall about the cookies, as well as seeing the play out in the park with the kids and the woman eating the sandwich. Do you think that destiny is already written for us or are we creating it or how much free will do we have? Uh, Great question. I, and, and I should say that I actually am shown things that are going to happen often, very, very often. Um, And it's been more than just like, those were some specific events, but through my whole awakening process, it would be almost every time I meditated. And then I'd go into the world and I would see a thing. So, so then that does raise the question. Okay. And same thing with, they gave, they've given me specific message about what's coming. Like one of the messages I got about the, about the ascension and the awakening is they started telling me about earth events. And they told me early on, it was such a random message. They said, truck drivers will abandon their routes. This was like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I was like, what in the, what a weird message. Truck drivers will abandon their routes. Well, look at how huge that's been globally, right? We had in the UK, they had a hundred thousand truck drivers were not working and they had massive supply chain issues. And then same thing in Australia, truck drivers were going to, to uh, strike. And then in Canada, the truck drivers with, so it's been this massive thing all over the world. And so they'll say things like that. So they'll tell us things. So, so then that brings a question, how much free will do we really have? And the answer is that we, before we come, and I've had a lot of dreams about this too. My dreams will frequently show me planning my life before I got here. And I've seen, for example, I had one dream that I was with a guide and I was, we were working on my life plan and it in the plan, in the dream, it looks like a movie. And I'm looking at the different, you know how movies there's like each little frame of a, of a film. And in the dream, we're looking through this one scene and we're playing it over and over and over again. And what we would do is we would run the frames and then we would change something. And then in the dream, I would jump in and I would try it out and we would see the result. And then I would come back out and we would make, and we would talk about it. And then we would make adjustments. And we would perfect that scene and we would do it over and over and over and over again in the dream. And I've seen this show up in my dreams in lots of different ways, many times. So what they're showing us is that, is that there are certain pivotal moments in our life that are really important to our life journey. Like the moment you meet your spouse, right? The moment that you have, you know, some, you uncover some important thing about yourself, these turning points in your, in your trajectory, And those we will rehearse to the nth degree to make sure they turn out just right. And these could be those deja vu moments, but it it really is those important moments that are critical for you to to achieve what it is you plan to achieve. Those are written. And those are things that that any which way you go, there's guardrails around you making sure you get to these, to these moments. But is it possible? Say, for example, that you said before you came here, you said my destiny is I want to start a YouTube channel and I want to share information that is transformational, that's going to change people and, and open them up and have this huge impact on, on thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. So that was the life path that you chose for yourself. But it was very possible that 10 years ago, you said, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like it. I want to do this other thing, right? I feel like I want to go be this other person. And you have absolute free will to make that choice. And your life won't turn out the way you planned. And it takes another direction and it could be a big bum out (laughs) if that happens, but it doesn't, it's not an all or nothing. It doesn't mean that you don't get another shot. Like if you take a wrong turn, the angels are always right there and they will start rewriting things. It's almost like they're looking out and trying to lay out new dominoes for you to knock down to start a new path. So they're always trying to get you back on course, but yeah, we have the option. We can come down and we can have this amazing plan for ourselves and we can say, meh, I don't feel like it. I'm not up for that. I'm too scared or I'm too whatever. And yeah, we can really mess ourselves up, but the angels are there always trying to help us get back on our journey. 
And have you ever seen an angel? And if so, what do they look like? Oh, that's a fun question. So I don't see spirit. There's many people who do actually see them with their human eyes. And I see them with my third eye. In my third eye, they show up to me in many different ways. Sometimes I see them as a column of light with a face on it. (laughs) So it's like a tube of light. And sometimes it's, and they'll show me the difference in color. They'll show me, like when they introduced me to the other angel, they showed their, my normal angels were kind of golden. And then they showed me this one that was like a little bit more gray. It was a slightly different color, but it was still an angel with a face on it. When I perceive them coming in, they usually show me parts of themselves. I'll see a big hand or I'll see part of a face, almost like they're so close that you can't get the whole perspective. So that's usually how I see them. I see them as if they're right here and you're just kind of like the way you would look if somebody was standing over your shoulder, you'd look back and you would just see a part of them. So that's usually how I see them in my, in my third eye. Can you consider angels entities or are entities something completely different? And if so, what are entities? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so that is a real thing. And I think it's great to talk about this right now because as we are moving closer and closer to these higher frequencies, it's like everything on earth, all the energy is moving. Everything is becoming extremely active. So you're, you may have felt it. Your viewers may have felt it that recently that the energies, it's like, we're all being, we're in the cruncher. (laughs) It's like, we're all in the cracker at the moment. And as the energies on earth rise, so do the energies for the entity. So everything is more active, including entities. And yeah, entities are definitely not angels. They are, um, they're not inherently evil. When you think of an entity, there are lots of different, yes, there is evil on the planet, but entities are not inherently evil. Entities are a different type of thing. Um, the angels gave me a message I can share with you about specifically what it is and how to work with them. If you want to hear it. Sure. So, um, so the way that entities get in is in those moments when, when we are really deep in a dark place, then it's those low frequencies, the low vibration energies, guilt, shame, those really shame is like the lowest of the low. When you feel shame, it's really, that's like, uh, the lowest frequency. So when you're in those dark places, then it's almost like you're opening up a pathway where an entity can get in. Um, because that's where they're, that's their happy place. They love those heavy energies. Um, so then, so what the angels say is they say, uh, Uh, So how they get in, they say, where are your secret longings? Where do you feel most unworthy? How can you possibly achieve that which you wish? Your trail to your gladness is through your darkest thoughts. It is there that you doubt yourself most. When you perceive the price to to be high, when you feel you're most unequal to that which you admire, here they attack and show you your dreams unfulfilled. They show you that your heart betrays your trust in self. They seek to absolve your feelings of degradation, to absorb these within themselves. They complete their own journey through this expression. They are now serving to do this performance to help you see that which you are not, that which forms your self-judgment and causes blackness to enter your heart. So entities are what I what I would call fourth dimension beings, but there's everybody has a different label for dimensions. It's, it's don't get tied to that. I'm learning don't get tied to anything, but basically they are not part of this they don't express themselves as we do they're not physical they're like a spirit entity but they are my understanding of them is they're created from our own the the negative thoughts of the human collective consciousness is what created them so they are not from source Hmm. and so what's interesting is that they the angels say at one point they say um that they don't have a path towards evolution And that's one of the difficult things about being an entity is they have no way of moving on. They just are what they are. They're not like us where we're moving towards our own ascension, all this kind of stuff. Entities don't. They're just, they weren't created from source. They were created from our own negativity. Um, uh, They're not alien in that way. They are of earth, but they're kind of like non-physical earth. Um, and they do need to be released that if, if an entity gets into your, into your body or into your field, the way you'll become aware of it is this pervasive. So here's, they say it, how to release entities. They say they can be released by yourself. When you feel pervasive sadness, you can feel they have done their chore, find within yourself, the feel of the feeling of lack and get clarity on that, which you seek to find. 
love of what color within your own heart? How might you love yourself differently to absolve this grief? How might you care for your own self to acknowledge your greatness and feel worthy of your being? Seek this response and answer to the sadness you feel, the pervasive awareness of emptiness. They they go on here quite a bit, but they are basically saying that that the best way to, to chase out an entity is to try your best, even if you have to talk yourself into it, watch a bunch of funny movies, whatever you need to do, try to get into a space of self-love and then let that self-love fill you up and push it out of your body and try to just fill yourself up with that. You can put it, turn it into a color. Imagine you're, you've got self-love and it's gold in the center of your being and then just breathe into that gold, let it expand and push it out and, and feel it moving out into outside of your body. And that is one way to try, because they can't stay. They can't stay within that. When you dispel the negative energies out of your body, they can't stay any longer. So that is one way. They also gave us a, a simple prayer for clearing, um, uh, which I can share if you want to hear that. It's a, about four lines, but it's a simple thing. The angel said you can say to ask for their help. Sure. They say, okay, they say, ask us in this manner. We offer a consequential bl- bl- uh, blessing. So you could just repeat this prayer. They say, Please clear my field and all my belongings of any disharmony I may take near or through my being. Ask me, please, with your own army for the entrance to my journey. Clear that thought of entrance, which I would yield to one of negative employ. Clear me now in my arrivals and departures and in my passage through life. Leave me well and rested. Have you seen or had any visions of any events occurring in the near future, either due to the ascension or anything else that you don't know what it means yet, but you can tell us and maybe we can see if we see it happening or we see it play out in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there has been a lot of information about that. Um, And they're careful what they share. The angels are careful what they share because they never want us to be in fear. They never want to share things with us that, that make us because fear is there. They don't want to lower our vibration. They want to raise our vibration. So they want to tell us things to help us prepare and to be safe um, and to be aware. They mostly, they tell us partly to be aware, to, to, to be able to prepare, but also so that when things happen, we're not so shocked that we can't get back up on our feet. They want us to be like, oh yeah, that's what it was. Okay, I know we're going to be okay. We can stand back up again. Um, but some of the things they've talked about are um, uh, basically that the the falling of the U.S. is the U.S. is in trouble this year, according to the angels. And I believe it's this year. They don't give me timing. The angels do not see time, but they have talked about the U.S. Well, here's what they say. They say, um, uh, uh, well, this is, fair. So you, do you wish, say, I guess I do. It was told that there will be treaties that develop between parties who can reveal their soft reluctance to shadow their costly debt. They go on here quite a ways, but they talk about how there's debt in the U.S. and it creates uh, basically an unraveling of the U.S. And I believe this could, ha- this could happen given the other, like the astrology energies, this could happen in the second half of this year. Mm. But there's a place where the leadership changes in the U.S., and uh, and basically, the U.S. is not. They they say we lose our the using wording they use is that we lose our political hegemony that we're no longer the world power that we've once been, um, and that that kind of all unravels. So that's a big one. Um, wow. They also talked about an Earth rift, which is um, a significant thing, and the the way that they identified it is it comes somewhere in the Indian Ocean. And this earth rift um, has a, it's felt around the world. It's like a sonic boom that we can hear around the world. And I thought like, boy, when, and they've talked about before a tsunami and that I may have been the, the big issue at Tonga may have been the tsunami they were talking about, or there could be, it could be from this earth rift, but other things they've told us have already come true. Like they gave us a whole bunch of messages about um, they kept talking about uh, processing payments and it would be almost like they kept talking about the garbage, about the uh, truck drivers, how truck drivers would abandon their routes. They were also talking about how you will no longer be able to process payments and banks will be closed and you won't be able to access your money. And they wanted people to have cash on hand. And then the sanctions in Russia. And sure enough that we, with the SWIFT, SWIFT is like did all the processing of payments in Europe and Russia was cut off from SWIFT. So processing payments was closed. Visa and MasterCard pulled out of Russia. So if, they were, if you were Russian, you cannot access your money. And mm-hmm. there are Russian people who were traveling on vacation who literally could not get their money and they're stuck. They can't travel home. They don't have access to any of their finances. So so this has happened already in Russia. And my guess is I'm learning as we go about their messages. And just like the thing about the truck drivers, how it happened in many places around the globe, I believe they're, they're telling us about energies 
that will show up in more than one way, that, that it's a pervasive energy that could happen in many places. So just like the processing payments thing happened in Russia, it could also happen in other places, including the U.S. So I think if we end up having this, this other stuff they talked about, about the U.S., and they talked a lot about debt in the U.S. and the banks in the U.S., and the leadership falling in the U.S., then there could also be an issue with us accessing our banks in the U.S. So, but I, like I said, they tell it to us, but they're not, they're not super big on timing. They don't experience time like we do. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I follow a lot of economic stuff and we may be possibly going into a recession. They're raising interest rates and um, there's a lot of stuff going on out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's prime. And they these messages came through a long time. Like some of this stuff, this first part about the U.S. failing was back in maybe two years ago, before any of this was even on the horizon. Before COVID, it was a long time ago. And so, yeah, so it's, and they keep talking about it. They don't, they will, it will come up again and again, they'll repeat it. But yeah, it is, it has been super interesting to see, to see what they say. And of course, I always try to understand it and I'm always wrong. <laughs> But when it actually happens, I'm like, oh, that's what they meant. Mm. It's clear. It's really clear. But it's just the world is a really big place. And I originally assumed that everything they said would relate to me because I was channeling it. And it doesn't. It relates to the whole world. Mm. So. All right. You have a book out called Undoubtedly Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. Undoubtedly Awesome is uh, it is a book about. The process of manifestation, of manifesting something that does not yet exist on the earth plane and how this is very, very different from the process of manifesting is how most of us usually think about it. We usually think about this process of of law of attraction and law of attraction works if you're trying to draw something to you that already exists. If you want to attract a parking space, that parking space is right there and you're just trying to become in resonance with it. But when you want to make something new, you have to follow the same rules as mother nature. And if you think about what mother nature does, it creates a seed and then that seed has to, has to express. And then that has to bloom and it has to draw on support. And it has to go through this whole process. And that process is a part. We are a part of that process. We are creative beings, but here's where it gets really interesting is that we do not embody all there. Are, there are seven different creative energies that are involved in that process of creation. And we do not master all seven of them. We master one of them. We are born into one of seven different creative energies. So we are meant to create together and we each hold one, call it creative spark. And each of this manifests differently in the world. And we do it through, through our thought process, through how we think everybody has heard your thoughts, create things. Well, your thoughts form energy into something very specific, into a specific kind of outcome. And that is meant to play a role in the process of creation. But it's it's hard to do that if you don't know where you're where you're meant to fall. Which part of the process are you meant to be the master of? Where do you bring your greatest gifts? And where are you the most useful to everybody else? Like where do you shine? And so that's what the book is about. It's explaining that process, the seven different soul types helping you see which one you are and where you fit in the process of creation. And by doing that, it shows you also, the reason it's called Undoubtedly Awesome, it shows you what your greatest weaknesses as a creator, where you're most likely to succumb to doubt and, and not create your vision. So Undoubtedly Awesome. <laughs> Can you find that book on Amazon or do we have to go yes. to your website? It's on Amazon. And I also have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel explaining the seven different soul types as well. I have some of those which people can find on my YouTube channel. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned it. What is the name of your channel? Uh, it's my name, Ann Tucker. And I have, I share every Friday, uh, I share a new message from the angels that I've channeled. And what do you post on your website? And the website, which is my name as well, which is antucker.com, people can find out how to work with me. I do, um, uh, I have a, a many different ways in which you can experience healing with the angels. The healings are intense and powerful, beautiful experiences. I do a monthly peace bathing with the angels. There's also an angelic frequency series where if you are interested in growing your own spiritual gifts, there's a series of nine angelic frequencies that will help you to do that. And that's detailed in the uh uh, on my webpage. So you can check that out. If people would like to contact you and ask you questions, are you open to that? And if so, how would they do that? A great way is if they come on, if they want to put a comment in my, uh, when I do and on my next Friday live, I do read every single comment and I do respond to questions. So that's a great way to do it is through the comments on my own YouTube channel. They can also, if there's something specific, if they have a question, there is a, a place on my webpage where they can find me. 
All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Oh, yeah. I would say that to be aware, if you could only feel how the angels feel about you, how they have so much reverence and respect for your journey. They know that being here is incredibly difficult, that everything that you go through, that there is, uh, it's a passage and it is a huge honor to be born here on earth. Like everybody knows you come to earth, you become a beautiful, sparklier version of yourself, your soul. And what you take home with you is that what you will leave with, right, is that much improved version of your being because you were courageous enough to come here and go through it. But it is a journey. It's hard. And they're very aware of that. And they see this passage and they see beauty in all of it, in all of the hardship we experience in the most difficult moments. They see that as beauty because they can't experience it. They never feel those low lows. They never feel the journey that you take from the low to the high, right? And the difference and the incredible physicality of that. Like think about what it is to, you know, to eat a piece of pizza and like how physical that is and to be able to take that in and to experience it in, in, in such a dense way. And, and your whole life is like that. And we only have that here, that incredibly intense experience, which pushes us to grow. And we don't have that anywhere else. So they see this whole thing as so intrinsically beautiful. And so just to know that, that they are out there looking at you as perfection, as the whole experience, you could say, oh my gosh, my life is a mess. And they say, wow, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful just the way it is because you are having an experience and the rest of the universe is watching you and learning from that experience. And the only way to experience it is to go through it. And thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. I appreciate you and I wish you success in whatever you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too.